You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, flossy posse who love all things glossy and saucy like Bob Fosse and Emerald Lagasse. Welcome to Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. Today's episode is 253. And of course, I'm your humble host, Karen, and we are your boy. Cumbersome cucumbers succumbing to being cumbered by cumberbatch cumberbuns. I am Colin. And I am cucumber Chris. Bob Fosse and Emerald Lagasse together, Karen. Mm, oh, perfect. Oh, man. It's great. One is glossy, one is saucy. All right. Dee, 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 dee. A little bit of a trivia update here. Very recently, Chris, you had a segment about mailing children. Yes. <laughs> using the United States Postal Service, yeah. uh, which we, we cannot do anymore. Uh, yeah. We were able to a long time ago. You're not supposed to, exactly. Yeah. You also on the show shared what you currently can mail live. And uh, not humans, but what other yes. live things that you can mail, yes. including scorpions. Scorpions. Mm. I have a follow up. This happened last year. A man from Eugene, Oregon, he had to plead guilty. Because he was, not only was he illegally importing scorpions, but he was also uh, mailing them in the USPS package <laughs> service. Uh, and, you know, Chris, you said there, there are only two cases where you're legally allowed to mail scorpions. What are those two? When you are, for, for purposes of medical research, scientific research, um, and for the purposes of the manufacture of anti-venin. And yes. And this guy is just mailing them out to other scorpion enthusiasts. Uh, <laughs> however, I knew it! <laughs> the, the scorpion freaks! <laughs> you're supposed to label the box very well. Mm. You're supposed to have stickers and you're supposed it's like double box, you know, the, the whole shebang. He put it in a box labeled chocolates. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> they caught him. He pled yep. guilty. Uh, and let's see, what was his sentence? He faces a maximum one-year prison sentence, a $100,000 fine, Mm. and three years of supervised release. He must stay away from scorpions for three years. What he should have written on on the box was not scorpions. Yeah. I think that would have been... Real chocolates. Right, right, right. Babies. His downfall (laughs) was he used those envelopes with a little glassine window in it that you can see, and you just, that doesn't look like chocolate. (laughs) All right, well, without further ado, let's jump into our first general trivia segment, Pop Quiz Hot Shot. Here we go. I have a random Trivial Pursuit card. You guys have your barnyard buzzers. Uh, listeners at home, in the car, wherever, play with us. Shout out your answers. Be weird. Let's do it. Blue Edge for Geography. Which river, known as the Mother River by the Chinese, is considered to be the cradle of Chinese civilization and is the muddiest river in the world? Uh, Chris. Uh, I'm going to guess the Yangtze River. Incorrect. It's the other one. Colin? I was going to guess the Yellow River or (laughs) Huanghe. Yes, Huanghe, Yellow River. The yellow color is because of... The salt deposit, so muddy. That was kind of a clue. Yeah. Uh, 
can't freaking yeah. believe I remembered the name of a river in China and that wasn't it. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's two. the other one. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right, next question. Pink Wedge. What is the name of the spaceship in the movie Alien? The first one, singular alien. Oh, okay. Well, Ooh, Colin. I believe first. that is you did. the. <laughs> what? What, is this? what are we going to have buzzers for? <laughs> okay, okay. Chris. Chris. Nostromo. Yes. Do, do you know the letters in front of it? Like the. The HMS or the or the whatever oh, in is the it? future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's like believe, it's, it's not like HMS. A, yeah, is it like a USCS? Uh, uh, yeah, you know what I do. I, yes, I did. it's U S C S S. That's right. Okay. All right. All right. I, I, th- I felt like I was missing a letter there, but all right. Good retrieval. That was good. Mm. Yellow Edge. Which world leader spearheaded Glasnost, an opening up of the dictatorship? leading to the dissolution of the Soviet Union in 1991. Colin. Uh, was that Mikhail Gorbachev? Yes, Mikhail Gorbachev. All right, next question, Purple Wedge. Which Chinese-American architect designed the Louvre's iconic glass pyramid? Colin. Uh, that is I.M. Pei, I believe. Yes, I am Pei. Designed a lot of stuff, including the JFK Library in, in Massachusetts, uh, but his glass pyramid is the triumph. It's pretty neat. It's pretty neat. I've, I've it been is neat. Fort- fortunate enough to, to visit there. It's pretty cool. It's it's funny to read about what we think now as great modern monuments that at the time when they unveiled or you know picked a design, people are all oh, yeah. livid about oh, yeah. it. And change is, change is hard for a lot of people. Change, change is hard. There's no question. Green wedge. Okay. I'll, I'll say it and I'll spell it out. Laconophobia, and that's L-A-C-H-A-N-O, laconophobia, is the fear of what food group? L-A-C-H-O-N-O? A-N-O. Lacano, lacano. Yeah, Okay. Hmm, what root does that sound like? Yeah. Chris. Beans. Beer beans. Incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what that would be. Maybe that's like um fa- fava phobia. Oh, sorry. You said, you said, Le- food, you said food group? Food group. Food, oh, food group. group. Oh, oh, no, no. I just figured it out. Uh, what? I just figured it out. Dairy. Fear of dairy. That's what I thought, too. It is not. It is vegetables. Oh. Oh, vegetables really? okay wow. had no right. idea but now you know orange wedge what is it called when a surfer hangs all 10 toes off the front end of the longboard while riding a wave come on uh chris your rooster is uh dying oh, no. a little H- hanging 10 <laughs> yes is that <laughs> it yes so 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 angry <laughs> you, can't, wow. you can't have like a two word answer and both of the words are in the question to be in, yeah, the, in question. the question yeah, that's yeah bad. come on that's <laughs> all right okay okay let's do another card let's uh let's, let's second yeah, chance for this, card, card this is a uh, pop two culture pop culture two mm. uh blue wedge tv what cbs show helped launch the careers of justin timberlake drew carey and ray romano Oh, oh, okay. It shows up all the time. It does. It does. It does. It does. Uh, Colin. Show me Star Search. Ding, 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 ding. It is Star Search. I wonder if, um, I wonder if 
you can do like paid guerrilla advertisement to Trivial Pursuit. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, <laughs> like Star Star about... Search is paying them off. To, yeah, to... but <laughs> Star Search is like an old show; it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, here we go. Long term vision. I really, I, you know what? Honestly, like if they are doing that, like man, props, the props to them. Yeah, yeah really. Yeah, the, the long game. Yeah. Uh, pink wedge for fat. What do contestants jump over using forty foot aluminum poles in the Dutch sport of Fierljepin? <laughs> Let me spell that out. Okay. All right. F I E R L. So Feral. J E P P E N. Feral Japan. So what do contestants yeah. jump over using 40 foot aluminum poles? What are they crossing? That was Colin. Rivers or bogs. Fjords? Yeah, sure. It's canals. Canals. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Okay. We're in the yeah. family. We're in the family. Yellow Edge. What talk show host revealed in 2003 that he puffs medical marijuana to ease the pain of a multiple sclerosis? Sclerosis. 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 Talk show 2003. Host. 2003. Medical marijuana to ease the pain of MS. Talk show host. Oh, not not night talk show. Okay. All right. Okay. Mm. Uh, Chris. Okay, ready? Phil Donahue. No, it is no. Montel Williams. Oh, gosh. Montel oh, Williams. Did not know. Uh, okay, Purple Wedge music. Who did Miles Davis call the, quote, loudest, fastest saxophonist he'd ever heard? <laughs> Chris. Kenny G. No, um, <laughs> I no. wish he was. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, John Coltrane? Correct, John Coltrane. Oh, that's right. oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Green Wedge for movies. What independent alternative event is held yearly up the street from Utah Sundance Film Festival? Oh. Inde- oh, independent alternative, alternative event. event. Up the street from Sundance. Yes. Hmm. Would you say this is I'm, a household name? No, it is not. It is Slam Dance. Slam oh, okay. Dance. Sundance I, and Slam Dance. I, I, I yeah. have vaguely heard that, but I would never Okay. I wonder if it's like a yeah. Razzie equivalent or, or something. Probably uh, like independent film. Yeah, Slam Dance. Yeah, okay. It's more like indie. Yeah. Uh, last question. Sports and games. Who did Giants pitcher David Ardsma replace atop Major League Baseball's alphabetical list of players, noting, quote, I owe it all to my parents. So who did Giants <laughs> pitcher David? Have? Oh, okay. A A R D S. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. Uh, so. Ah, Chris. Oh, I know. Yeah. 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 You want to get? You want to guess, Karen? Yeah, I haven't flipped <laughs> yeah. the card yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Do you think it's Hank Aaron? I yeah. do. A A. Yeah, it's gotta be. It is Hank Aaron. Ah. Yeah. Wow, they're both AAR. A-A-R-O-A-A-R-D. That is such a, a baseball trivia head question. The alphabetical yep. first player. And that's, <laughs> yeah. I mean. Wow, I'm so, I'm so proud of us. We got this, this sports question correct that has nothing to do with sports. That's a better question because it's it's phrased in a way. They wouldn't, they wouldn't actually ask you to pick the guy who got ahead of Hank Aaron. Yes, exactly. yes. But they phrase exactly. it in a way, well, who did he get ahead of? Yep, yep, yep. Cool. Good job, brains. It's springtime, guys. It is time for uh, rebirth, regrowth, uh, things that are green, 
things that are lush. We did an episode a couple seasons ago that was about the color red or whatever mm-hmm. red made us think of, right? I did a segment on uh, this maraschino factory. Chris, you did a segment on Taylor Swift's uh, red scandal mm. at the Grammys. And then Colin, you talked about traffic lights. And so I, I actually like it when we have kind of these um, groupings of episodes. We have like a big show and a small show. We had a show about circles and a show about squares. And so we did a red show. Okay, what if we do a show dedicated to green? Whatever green makes us think of. So this week, we're going green. Well, I will start us off. I have had green on the mind for sure. Uh, Just about a week-ish or so ago, it was St. Patrick's Day. Oh, yeah, yeah. uh, You know, Karen, I know know you're up in Seattle now, but surely you have not forgotten that San Francisco always tries to put on a strong showing for St. Patrick's Day. So mostly the bars, but there's a lot of green everywhere and green Irish flags all over the place. You guys know I love flag trivia. Uh, I even included, as you may recall, a flag quiz in our official good job brain book yeah i have a quiz about flags all of the flags in this quiz have green on them okay so uh i will i will sort of uh, give you a little bit of history maybe some hints or clues i'm going to describe the flag you're going to name the country so every question in this quiz the answer will be a country name some of them hopefully not too challenging but we're going to get into some trickier ones it'll be a good good review here these come up all the time in in the quiz flag this this is uh gonna be quite the show because I am very into vexillology and Chris now is the father of a budding (laughs) vexillologist. Yes. So through osmosis, you've leveled up. Well, through osmosis and also just the fact that he's constantly doing flag quizzes and memorizing flags and things like that. So yeah, like I can actually, I can now say thanks to him. I can, I might actually uh, be a, be a player in this one. All right. All right. First of all, Oh, Let's get a little terminology okay. out of the way. Okay. All right. Oh, so sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you study or look at national flags long enough, you you know, you'll notice, among other things, hey, a lot of these flags have three stripes of roughly equivalent <laughs> thickness, you know? And uh, you are <laughs> correct. Yes, there are a lot of national flags that have three stripes, sometimes horizontal, sometimes vertical. Yeah. This type of flag is called a tricolor flag. Uh, and in fact, if you're from a country uh, where your national flag is a tricolor, you may even just refer to the national flag as the tricolor. On this quiz, no surprise, I'm going to use the term tricolor a lot. That's what I mean. I mean a flag with three stripes, roughly equivalent, sometimes vertical, usually vertical, sometimes horizontal. We'll see. Uh, yeah, just to get that out of the way. Question one. This country has one of the more, frankly, badass tricolor flags you will ever come across with stripes of green, white, and red. And in the middle, a picture of an eagle perched on a cactus devouring a rattlesnake. Karen. I didn't know that was the exact image in the middle. Like, I knew eagle and like (laughs) a cactus, but I didn't know... Is it the cactus eating the the snake or is it the eagle eating the snake? (laughs) Either way, 
<laughs> Very badass. It is Mexico. That is Mexico. That's right. That's right. The seal, the official seal of, of Mexico. And it, yeah. it's it's a really cool piece of iconography there. And it's based on a an Aztec legend that when they were looking to, to sort of found the city that would become the, the capital, that they were to look for an eagle eating a snake on top of a lake. All right. Question two, another tricolor flag. There's going to be several of them here. All right. This nation's flag officially uses the colors saffron, white, and green for its stripes. Uh, Oh, Karen, I was going to give you another little hint there. What do you got? Is this India? It is. It's India. Correct. That's right. Yeah. Wow. It's like in, in my memory, I see the color and I know there's some sort of emblem in the middle. I just. Right. It's the Ashoka Chakra, uh, which is a, a, oh. a 24 spoked wheel. Oh. 24. That's the number. Not 20. Not, not 30. 24 spoke wheel. The, the, the Dharma Chakra in the middle. So India, like a lot of countries, has some pretty specific definitions with, uh, around the colors to be used. And for this, it is India saffron is the color. It's not orange. Uh, it's yeah. not gold. Yeah, I didn't. And most countries these days for these colors will have uh, hex values and Pantone guide colors and RGB <laughs> values. Um, it's just very technical and dry, you know, like, whereas like, you know, in days of yore, it would be like, a green, the color of a verdant field after a rain. You know, it'd be a lot more poetic, yeah. maybe. Um, but CC nine nine zero zero. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Just, just no ambiguity. Question three: The flag of this country, only just adopted in 1972, rel- relatively recent here by flags, consists of a dark field of green with a large red disc shifted ever so slightly and ever so disconcertingly to me, to the left. Dark field of green, single red disc. Yeah, I know. I know the flag you're talking but about. But not in the center. Not in the center. Just off center. Ooh. I, I'm going to go on a limb. Is okay. it Palau? Ooh, it is not Palau. Palau is similar. It starts with a B. Yeah, it does. It does. Oh. Is it Borneo? It's not Borneo. Bangladesh. It is Bangladesh. Yeah, 1970. Yes. Okay, that that makes sense. 19, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was trying to give oh, you a little bit of a hint there. Right, right, with Both the 1972. Yeah, mm. Bangladesh. Now, so this is one of those really interesting flags, and I have to I have to cop to some ignorance here. Like, it's always bothered me that the circle is not in the middle. It's it's not like noticeably like severely to the left. Like it's just a little bit to the left, and just as as like a design minded person, it, it's always bothered me. Um, is this supposed I, to symbolize something? Yeah, I'm a little shook. I'm reassessing. This flag now apparently there's no symbolism apparently it is so that when the flag is flying all right it is to compensate for an optical illusion and create the the appearance that the circle is centered so it's like they're factoring in the little extra distance on the, the pole the, the the hoist side as it's called that's right Whoa! the line side of the pole side Weird. i was like wow all right they actually have a reason for it and an, an optical reason for it so i was like okay all right i don't know if there's any real science behind this i don't know if they actually studied this but that's the reason that i read is that it's to make it appear centered Good job, Chris. Yeah, I'll get one of these <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Here, moving on to question four. Uh, the flag of this country features a green field adorned with white text and a white sword. 
Uh, both of you buzzed. I think Karen a little bit earlier. What do you got, Karen? Saudi Arabia. It is Saudi Arabia. That's right. It is a it is a otherwise solid green flag, uh, and in white there is a uh, an inscription in Arabic. You know, kind of calligraphic script. Uh, the the Shahada, and then below that is a white sword. This is an interesting flag, partly because it has a religious inscription directly on the flag, which not many oh. <laughs> flags do. I mean, a lot of countries' flags have very prescribed rules about, you know, you don't let the flag touch the ground or, you know, you don't put it on ostentatious things. But this one has sort of another element of sort of the religious honor that has to go into it. I read that uh, it is not considered appropriate to fly the flag sort of vertically, you know, sort of hanging, that there are special versions oh. Made of the flag. If it does have portrait to fly vertically, mode. they rotate yeah. it. That's right, exactly. So the design is rotated to portrait mode. Not a lot of flags with actual writing, like not actual a lot. legible writing, religious not or not. Maybe in our seals or in our like state state emblems and stuff. But on the flag, yeah, and I think that's because it has to be kind of iconographic you know it's usually like a, a holdover from some colonial seal or a motto something along those lines yeah but not a lot you're right you're right all right question five this country's flag consists of a green field which contains a yellow rhombus which contains a blue disc which contains 27 stars green field Contains a yellow rhombus. Karen, what do you got? I'm pretty sure, but Chris, do you want to take a stab? Uh, Greenfield, no, yellow know. rhombus, blue disc, yellow, 27 stars. Field, this is a rhombus. flag that does have writing on it. Speaking of flags with writing. Oh, I'm gonna, okay. Is this Brazil? It is Yay! Brazil. All right, there we go. All right, it okay. is Brazil. Right. That's right. And here's another example of a flag back to back. I didn't even think about it until I put these together. Right. It has the motto, uh, Ordem e Progresso, which is Portuguese for order and progress. There's a lot of stuff going on in this flag. You know, if you've seen the flag of Brazil, if you're from Brazil, I did not realize what a nightmare this flag is to reproduce, let alone keep up to oh. standards. All right. Huh. Every nation, basically every nation has, you know, guidelines around how to, how to design the flag out. Sometimes it's a little more loosey goosey on the exact colors. Sometimes it's precise. Um, the flag of Brazil, I just discovered how complex it is. All right. So first of all, the, the stars depicted on the flag of Brazil are trying their best to represent a somewhat accurate-ish <laughs> depiction of a night sky view. Okay, specifically the the constellations visible over Rio de Janeiro oh, on the night of November fifteenth, wow. eighteen eighty nine. All right. Furthermore, by law, there must be one star representing each Brazilian state. Okay, so not necessarily unlike the U.S. And when new states are added or removed, the, the oh. flag needs to be updated to reflect this. Okay, furthermore to that, there is a uh, ranking system of sizes to the stars. Okay, and so there's a grouping. And the, so the stars are sized proportionally to the size of the state that they represent uh, in the country of Brazil. And then just to underscore again, it is 
basically required to resemble an accurate view of the constellation. So when they add new stars, it has to be proportionally correct. It has to also represent a real star in a real constellation that would have been visible on that night and in the right orientation. It sounds like an absolute nightmare. Uh, It's been updated, you know, several times since it was first adopted in, uh, as I say, 1889. There were 21 stars originally. Um, It got one more star in 1960 uh, for the state of Guanabara, got another star uh, eight years later. And then in (laughs) they got a little bit of a backlog here, um, apparently, you know, they they it was uh, they 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 had to deal with four all at once. In 1992, they added four more stars was the last time it was added to represent the four states that had been um, brought into the. This is what they say about the Domino's pizza logo. Yeah, they're going to add a dot for every store. And then someone's like, yeah, let's let's think. They're like, forget it. Forget it. Yeah, let's not. All right, back to tricolors. It's been a couple of questions here. I hope you guys didn't miss them. Um, the flag of this country contains stripes of green, white, and orange designed to symbolize a peaceful union between Roman Catholics and Protestant supporters of William of Orange, of course. I'm going to give this one to Chris just for a change yeah. here. Chris, Sounds like Ireland to me. I couldn't get all the way through a quiz about green and flags without throwing Ireland in there. I wasn't trying to trick you. Yeah, that's right. Ireland uh, eventually adopted officially, officially after that flag being used for a while um, in Ireland. That's right. Question seven. The flag of this West African country, the most populous country in Africa, is you guessed it another tricolor we got three vertical stripes this time we got a a, a repeat it is green white green what country am i oh most populous country in africa (laughs) is it ghana it is not ghana ghana has has black (laughs) or red uh, our, quiz is, our quiz is green. You cannot spell this country's name without G R N in some All order. Right. Oh, um. what do you got, Chris? Nigeria. It is Nigeria. Yes. <laughs> okay. Nigeria. More than 200 million people in Nigeria. Big, big country. Yeah. And I feel like Nigeria is smart here with the tricolor. Like if you're going to have a tricolor, have one that you can flip upside down, have one that you can flip backwards uh, and you're still looking good, right? You're not going to embarrass yourself on, you know, TV. Palindromic. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Like, like yeah, waving yeah, your flag yeah, upside yeah. down. When, when yeah. you color yourself and with your friends and you got to stand in the right order. The order. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Last question. Last Last question. Number eight. Here we go. This country's flag was adopted August 6th, 1962, the day the country officially celebrated the end of British colonial rule. It contains a gold saltire. All right. A saltire. It's a great, great vexillological term here. A saltire is a diagonal cross. All right. Sort of like a wide X. Okay. Yeah, fairly common in flags. So Karen doesn't even need the rest of the flag description. Confident. Cool runnings, Jamaica. 
You got it. All right. Jamaica, Jamaica is one of my favorite country flags. Uh, it is indeed Jamaica. You know, it wasn't like independence, just like they woke up and it was like, oh, hey, we're free today. I, you know, I mean, it was like it was a process. So they knew it was coming. So as part of Jamaica's independence, the 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 government um, set up a public competition for flag ideas. Oh. Like what should what should our new national flag be? I love it. This is so great. So uh, apparently there were more than 350 designs that were submitted as often happens with these things uh none of those designs won <laughs> they didn't like any of them any they of them field a winner none of them right so <laughs> instead of going with any of the uh submitted designs a bipartisan group of the house of representatives from jamaica got together what better way to design a flag than a bunch of politicians they got together they came up with a design and Unfortunately, their design was found to be too similar to the flag of Tanganyika, then uh, does not exist as such anymore. Uh, it was like three horizontal stripes. It would have been a tricolor, another one. Um, so then they came up with the saltire, of which I think is, frankly, a much cooler design. I, I really like Jamaica's flag, the gold, the green, the black. It just works really well. It's a good flag. All right. Good job, guys. That's a little bit of uh, greenery and flags around the world. And Chris, you did not embarrass yourself. You can tell your son you did well. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Woo. So, dear friends and, and listeners, uh, I don't know if it's it's the case now, but for a while, at least for the, the past decade, if you visit Disneyland, Anaheim, California, as you head into the park, if you take the right by the train station you split, if you take the right entrance... You'll, you'll walk through the little gateway and the plaque, and that's like your magic day starts. Depending on what time of year, uh, what time of day, and what the conditions are as you go through that right entrance, it might smell a little funky, a little bit weird. It smells kind of like, a let's say, a bodily fluid. Uh, we are a PG show, so I'm just going to end it there. Uh, and it, it, smells, it smells weird. Turns out this is not a phenomenon just in Disneyland. Uh, this is a phenomenon in a lot of places in America because of this plant called the calorie pear. Hmm. Uh, this plant is known to have flowers that kind of stink in the spring. If you know, you know. Calorie pear, uh, with a lot of other plants as well, all kind of give off weird smells in the spring. Uh, we talked about the corpse flower. We have like a whole uh. family of plants that stink up. And part mm. of this is because they want to attract pollinators. Flowers smell nice because they want to attract bees. And some plants or some flowers smell not so nice to attract flies. Other bugs that, that are more attracted to a stinkier smell. And so here I have a segment I'm going to talk about some cool plants that smell like other things that plants shouldn't really smell like. <laughs> We've done stinky plants before. Some of these plants just smell like weird, unusual things that you would never <laughs> expect a plant to all smell right, like, right. such as 7-Up. There is a plant called the 7-Up plant, Hidalgo stachys <laughs> or stachys, evergreen sprawling perennial. And it has leaves and the underside of it, um, I think it maybe you guys would see uh, lamb's ears. They're kind of like fuzzy oh, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh, uh, on the lawn. Uh -huh. So uh, uh, part of that family is the 7-Up plant. On the underside, it smells huh. like 7-Up soda. How delightful. So much so. It's called the 7-Up plant. 
there is something called the popcorn cassia. Popcorn cassia. Not only do the flowers themselves look like clusters of golden yellow popcorn, it has a buttery popcorn scent. Mm. I'm not making it up. It smells like buttered popcorn. Uh, but don't eat it. It's poisonous. Uh, um, I'm glad you the, said that because like, I, I'm going to be 100%, 100% I, honest too. with you, Karen. If I was out in nature and I saw a little flower that looked like a piece of popcorn and I smelled it and Sm- it smelled like butter popcorn... I'm going to put that thing in my mouth. <laughs> like, yeah. Just, I'm, yeah. So I'm glad you warned me. But the smell, the smell can be divisive. Um, in a very old episode, I talked about uh, the science and phenomenon of uh, the scent of dog paws, colloquially mm. called Frito, Frito paws, mm-hmm. because of the chemistry of the dog fur and body and, and whatever native bacteria that lives in the fur. Dog paws can smell like corn some people think it smells great like a bag of fritos or like corn snacks and some people (laughs) might think it's a little a little gamey and that's the case with this popcorn cassia and then we have a family of plants that smell like peanut butter salty roasted peanut butter uh this is called the honey flower or the melianthus honey flower it's a shrub and if you like bruise the leaves and you kind of rub it it smells like like salty crunchy peanut butter and in the Bay Area, we have something called the Tree of Heaven, the ghetto palm. And in this context, the ghetto actually does mean the ghetto. It is used a tree used in like low-income areas to quickly grow trees, uh, but turns out they're invasive and t- turns oh out goodness. they smell like peanuts. And take over. And take over. <laughs> and take over. Yeah, we had to we had to actually had to get rid of the, the tree because it was just too too invasive. Too invasive. Huh. And we have something called the roast beef plant. What? The roast beef plant. This is like the spaghetti tree. You can't fool me, Karen. There's it's (laughs) it's called the stinking iris. Um, but it's also called like a lot of nicknames just refer to the meat. It smells like beef. It smells like meat. It is, it's not the flowers that smell, but it's the leaves. Like when when they're bruised, they can give off a boiled beef. You know, roast beef plant, please don't eat it. Uh, the berries are poisonous as well. I don't know why these plants are tricking you. This is starting to sound like, you know how like Violet Beauregard and uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory eats the gum? She goes through <laughs> right. like, different courses. It's like, yes. oh, now it's the roast beef plant. Uh, the yes. roast beef, of course. <laughs> and let's move on to, uh, finally, flowers that smell like cookies. I'm not making this up. There is a... Uh, Cosmos, which is a very common kind of a flower, you know, kind of look like a daisy. Chocolate Cosmos. Chocolate Cosmos are a a dark maroon, a cheery flower, many, many petals. And it it looks like chocolate. It's like brown. It's beautiful. It's, It's this dark, rich brown. It's said to have the aroma of baked chocolate chip cookies. Because it has vanillin, it, it gives off vanillin. And you know, Chris, you, you mentioned about books, right? You know how yeah. like people love the smell of books, and yep. they analyze the chemical compounds, and it turns out there is a vanillin, and it makes people think of cocoa or toasted vanilla. Chocolate Cosmos is native to Mexico. Lots of places are miscited. Like a lot of places I saw were misciting that this is extinct. Um, and doesn't grow in the wild and it has to be like humanly cloned or, or propagated, but they do grow in the wild. Uh, they're from Mexico. They do smell like chocolate. Oh. And then finally we have something called 
the tree daisy, the Montanoa grandifolia. And I'm, let me just read this excerpt from a seed catalog describing tree daisy. <laughs> During the fall and winter, white chrysanthemum-like flowers bloom, giving off a scent reminiscent of chocolate or freshly baked cookies. <laughs> I want to I want to wrap the segment up with with this. There is a whole world of people who read seed catalogs. It's like um J J Peterman. J Peterman, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yes, yes. There's like a whole story. When that's I was being on a trip the- through Ankara, <laughs> I first noticed, yeah. <laughs> uh the New Yorker just actually published an article called What We Learned from Leafing Through Seed Catalogs. Huh. And here's an excerpt. Here's an excerpt. Seed and garden catalogs sell a magical, boozy, jack-in-the-beanstalk promise. The coming of spring, the rapture of bloom, the fleshy, wet watermelon and lemon tang of summer. Trade your last cow for a handful of beans to grow a beanstalk as high as the sky. They make strangely compelling reading, like a village mystery or the back of a cereal box. So and this is exactly what's it like. If people, if you're a an avid cereal box reader, people who like to read menus before going to the restaurant, or you like to read like monument plaques, Seed catalog will fulfill that I dopamine hole. I love it. I love it. It's it's nothing but potential. It's like it's, yes. you're you're buying this this little brown speck, and you have to just really paint the picture of where you're gonna be when it all works out. Turns out this whole seed catalog <laughs> thing is such a phenomenon. Here's an excerpt from Baker Creek Seed Catalog for their green zebra tomato. <clears throat> Beautiful chartreuse with deep lime green stripes. Very attractive. It's it's like almost borderline like sexy, you know. <laughs> Flesh is bright green and very rich tasting, sweet with a sharp bite to it. Just too good to describe. You're like, yes, the most striking tomato in our catalog. A real beauty. This is the tomato colored for the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> <laughs> I love like I want this job. That's so fun. Um, and and then so you can buy these seed catalogs and they're people keep them. It's like a whole collectible. It's um, like the people save the TV guides, right? It's like yes. I save the seed, yeah, save the seed catalog to read the little mm-hmm, to read the little mm-hmm. descriptions and mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. I kid you not. Went on the website and I I was like I need to have this. I need to have the two <laughs> two thousand and twenty three seed catalog. And I can't wait for it to arrive so I can uh, read all of it and just fill myself with with green hope. Uh, we have a basil plant in our kitchen that, and I mean, I remember reading this at one point that, that there's a chemical compound in basil, I forget the name, of course, that that does in fact smell very much like cat pee uh, and kind of overall. Oh. And the, the basil plant that we have right now, um, and sometimes like... The cat pee on the counter? Oh, no, it's just the basil plant. It's okay. All right. It's fine. All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? 
Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Hey, Matt. Did you know that wombats poop cubes? Nope. Never heard that before. Did you know the unicorn is the national animal of Scotland, Ken? I didn't know, nor do I care. Neil, did you know that Liechtenstein is the only doubly landlocked country in Europe? Jeff, isn't that an American pop artist? Well, actually, it's both. If you want to learn things like that and more, join us each week on Triviality, a pub trivia-style game show podcast where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Listen in each week to answer general knowledge trivia alongside exciting guests from around the world. And we're here, too. Join us every Tuesday for new hour-long episodes of Triviality, plus tons of extra theme content on everything from The Office and Lord of the Rings to science and geography. And sometimes we even do sports. Find us on all your preferred podcast apps and take part in the fun of playing bar trivia without the need to wear pants. Real mature, Jeff. Forget it, Neil. It's Triviality. You're listening to Good Job Brain. Smooth puzzles, smart trivia, Good Job Brain. All right, folks, I've got it. I've got I've got what you what you've been waiting for this whole show. It's the themed music quiz everybody loves the music quiz everybody loves the themed music quiz so we're gonna jump right in we have eight songs here i'm gonna play eight clips for you they are all by very famous names well-known names okay some of Mm -hmm. them maybe from a bygone era known as the 19 years so you may have to stretch your mind back (laughs) a little ways okay there is and there as i promise there is a theme uh to this music round and that theme will probably become apparent very fast. Okay. <laughs> within within okay. about 15 <laughs> seconds or so. I okay. don't think you're going to have any trouble guessing the theme, but I will let you both guess it uh as we uh, while you're listening uh to clip uh number 1. So let's All go right. ahead. Oh, are uh, we head to head or are we working together? We'll do team. No, let's let's do team. Yeah, music or, music round is team. Whatever. What are you just deciding that yeah, oh, no, yeah that's fine sorry. yeah no, no i think team is actually fine because some of these some of these are going to be fairly obvious and some of them you may have to put your put your noggins together maybe come up with an answer uh for okay. us so we will do it All as right. a as a team not because you said so but because okay I think you said so best way to be clear <laughs> um so if you both are are you both ready are you ready to go yes yes all right yes, sir. here we go themed music round let's Let's go. Here is clip number one. Simple, it's the way making love and treat your love. Oh. When I'll be alone forever, but I won't be now. 
Name the artists. <laughs> well, all, well, it's all, a duet. It's a duet, right? One of them is, is Kermit T. Frog. One hundred percent, Lady Gaga. Yes, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lady Gaga. Yes. Uh, so the theme of this round is celebrities, singers uh, doing duets with Kermit the Frog. <laughs> I didn't know there's so many celebrity. of them. <laughs> we're, there, there's, there's a lot more, uh, but we're, we're whittling it down. Wow. Fantastic. Yes. Fantastic. So, who is green? Who is green? So now with the theme in mind, we can move <laughs> on to clip number two. In every land about while leaving me moaning low. Oh, firefly. Firefly. Why can't I latch on to you know how? Oh, how I love you, but gee. Trying to set the night on firefly. Shine a little light on me. Oh, man. Oh, my. So my my initial guess is Tony Bennett. Is that the team's final answer? Got it. Yeah, I wasn't sure. But uh, that now that you say that, totally agree. Yeah. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, it is, it is Tony Bennett and Kermit the Frog from a man. Fire it's been Fire a long time game. since I pl- as soon as I got to play a music quiz, so this is like really fun. <laughs> oh, <good. laughs> also, like anytime you put a duet quiz together, like you, there's already like a seventy percent chance Tony Bennett's going to pop up in there somewhere. I should have realized. Yeah, exactly. He's got two albums with Lady Gaga. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I believe that. Well, moving right along, let's let's go ahead and do clip number three. I'm ready to be lazy hanging around with you Well, even in the very, very worst of times There's one thing I know The way to guarantee a little peace of mind Is a walk in the woods, a friend by your side And and here we go Hmm Hmm the other thing is, like, Kermit has been around for, I mean, my whole life. So, I mean, like, That's we could right. really be, you know, spanning the whole rate. Like, at first I was like, is that, like, young Willie Nelson? I mean, it he was, could. like, the first. But I don't know. What do you, what do you think, Karen? I sound a little bit show tunesy, so I was like, oh, maybe it's, like, a show tunes person. Nathan Lane, maybe? Mm, a little too I, deep. I would, rec- I, I, would re- I would recognize them. Ooh, yeah. Give us a hint. Frequent uh, collaborator with the Muppets, who in fact has two albums out with the Muppets. <sighs> well, I know one of Chris's favorites, you know, John Denver, but it didn't, didn't really... Uh... All right, we'll do Nathan Lane. You're going to do Nathan Lane. Uh, I'm going to tell you, Colin, you should have stuck with your gut. It was John Denver. Ah! It is John Denver. That is off of John Denver, the Muppets, okay. Rocky Mountain Holiday. Don't self-censor. All right. Okay. Uh, available now on cassette tape and LP. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how you fare with clip number four. Only trouble is Okay, okay. I think I have a good guess on this one. Okay, all right, okay. It sounds it sounds like Linda Ronstadt. I was gonna say Linda Ronstadt, absolutely. Who I who I I definitely I know she did sing with the Muppets. I would say Linda. Who Ronstadt. sings the original? Dream, 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 dream. I believe that was the Everly Brothers with the original version of that. Oh, but anyway, yeah, yeah, you guys yeah. are correct. It is it is Woo! Linda Ronstadt. Nicely, Thanks, nicely spotted by the nice. both of you. Uh, incredibly versatile pop, yeah. country, folk. Muppets. 
Last of Us. One of those people who will who will give you her best, even though she's singing with a puppet. It's not like yeah. she's gonna yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're intentionally funny because it's like they'll just be pouring their heart and soul into it, and then you know Kermit will come in on the harmonies. <laughs> and- yeah. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah. So, I mean, what can I say except, uh, let's, let's go to clip number five. Oh, are you ready to do this? I am so ready. Let's do it. All right. A jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Okay, I think uh-huh. it's Michael Bublé, but in the beginning it kind of tripped me up because he sounded um, a, a little bit Louisiana, and so mm. my, then I was like, "Oh, Harry Connick Jr. too committed to the bit." But yeah, I'll stick with Michael Bublé. What do you think, Colin? Yeah, agree. Yeah, I'm on board. I'm on board. I'll co-sign. Okay. Well done. It's Michael Bublé oh. and, uh, mm-hmm. and Kermit the Frog. You guys doing great so far. Three clips left. Uh, let's just move it right along. Let's hit up. Clip number six, here it is. About rainbows and what's on the other side. Rainbows are visions, but only illusions. Rainbows have nothing to hide. Oh, man. Just to just to throw this out there, you know, Kermit has sung the, his very famous song, Rainbow Connection, uh, with many, many, many celebrities. Mm. Uh, he's been on he's done it on American Idol. I mean, he's, oh, okay. he's, he's toured that he's toured this all over the place. I am. I'm trying to identify if it's like, you know, Jim Henson before he passed or if it's, you know, right. Cause oh, I can't believe his right, son took it. over voice and Kermit. Right. And sure. So that could be Karen. I feel like that's Jim Henson. I feel like that's original flavor Kermit. Ah, uh, see, I feel like it's modern. You I do. Like okay. Well, that's yeah, going to help yeah. us decide like... like what era it is. Okay. Hmm. I, I, I'm not saying this is him. It's like a Jason Mrazzy, you know, like a guitar dude, deep cut Philip Phillips, but like that kind of like guitar. I was like, oh, maybe Ed Sheeran. It's funny you say Ed Sheeran. It was one of the first names that came to mind. But we'll go with <clears throat> James Taylor, Ed Sheeran. <clears throat> yeah, Colin should have gone with the gut again because it was Ed Sheeran. Oh, no. Ed Sheeran. So hilarious. <sighs> Wow. Yeah, yeah. The quality, like it, it really, like yeah. the sound quality, really gives it away. Like it's too crisp. Yep. Yeah, I betrayed. Yeah, I should. I should have really. I. I. I overthought. Well, we both it. said Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Well, okay, all right. You can get this. You can still get it back. Um, <laughs> we got. We have two more clips to go. So let's go ahead. Here is clip number seven. Such moments bring happiness. Comes in on tiptoe. Well, what do you know? Well, what do you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's weird that Kermit sounds different <laughs> in a lot of uh, these clips. Irreplaceable, the brilliant <laughs> Liza Minnelli. Jazz hands. Not oh, gonna, fantastic. not gonna phone it in. Not gonna phone it in for you. Yep, that's correct. Yep, Ooh. Liza Minnelli. There you go, singing one of her staples, "A Quiet Thing." 
<laughs> the breathiness over the top. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's yeah. It's it's over the top just in a big that, just way. Just that, that that quavering, just yeah. tension she can oh, bring. Yeah. 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 Quivering tension. <laughs> Queen of the Nepo babies, Liza Minnelli. Um, <laughs> very good. That was, I thought that was going to be kind of a tough one, but you were just like, no, absolutely yeah. no question. So great work. There's one more. Okay. It is clip number eight. What you hear is not the test and right. I'm rapping to the beat. Uh-huh. It's just me, the band, and the frog. Right, we're going to try to make it move your feet. So come on. You see, up. I'm the green amphibian, and I'd like to say hi-ho. Hi-ho. The black to the white, the red and the brown, the purple and the yellow. But <laughs> wow, I, I have ne- I have never heard that one before. Incredible. I've never heard Kermit rap. That was strange. The one, the only Sugar Hill Gang. <laughs> I'm gonna what? I'm gonna give you guys a hint. What if it's not it's not Sugar Hill Gang? Oh, it's not. No, 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 okay. no. It is. Okay, it's okay. A, yeah, it's a cover. Right. It's a cover. Uh, you maybe need to expand your mind a little. Okay. This is certainly right. a person who is known. In mm-hmm. part, uh, for his for his singing abilities, actor singer was the host of a television show. Our senior hall. No, oh. <laughs> it, is, it is not. Um, uh. He was he was the host of a television show and 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 you know sang this with Kermit uh, Kermit on his show. Mm. Jamie Fox, no. Okay, it's not. It is not. Although he may have fallen into that category, I think he had a lot of people had short-lived shows. Lots of people had short-lived. Definitely a short-lived show. Um, Short-lived. Short-lived. It is short. I think it is actually short-lived. Oh, Wayne Brady. It's Wayne Brady. What what was the Wayne Brady show? Was it a talk show? Variety I believe it was. Yeah, talk variety, right. maybe something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so good. He's too yeah. good. Great job, Brains, on the Kermit. <laughs> <laughs> Kermit <laughs> duet. It is easy being green when you have a lot of celebrity friends. Uh, <laughs> right. Around. Yeah. Liza Minnelli is Liza queen, Minnelli. queen of the Nepo babies. <laughs> she is. It's the first. Uh, I don't know if she's described as the first. Uh, yeah. Queen, yeah. <laughs> for, for real. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the Chart Topping Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia. Every single week, movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages, teens, toddlers, adults. It doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. Uh, I have a last segment here. We're going to talk about another green character in just in a sec. Let's go back in time to the year 2000. The Heinz Company, the Heinz Corporation, the Heinz Company took the nation by storm by launching this incredible product called Blastin' Green Easy Squeeze Ketchup. Easy, big E, <laughs> e big Z. Z, Z squeeze. Kids had 
blast some green easy squeeze ketchup on their Christmas list. <laughs> Kids yeah. do not have yeah. ketchup on their Christmas list. Yeah. Okay. No, I believe it. I believe okay. it. Okay. It is Heinz ketchup in a Elmer's glue type bottle. <laughs> the wrapping is very psychedelic, you know, late 90s. Like, wow, <laughs> easy squeeze, like with a, with a tie-dye whirl. The ketchup is green, not fresh green, tomato green. This is like Crayola forest green. <laughs> it's 2000. It's kids want more interactive food, you know, color food. It's fun. Marketers called entertainment. Entertainment. <laughs> Things like the Lunchables where you stack and you make your oh, little Lunchable things yeah, okay. or a yogurt that you put like sprinkles on and then mm. it changes the color. Probably remember there was like this Oreo, Oreo magic dunkers where through some chemical reaction, it turns the milk blue. <laughs> I'm like, wow. And I'm going to drink it because it's blue. That era was this entertainment at its peak, right? right this is when right. Parents didn't really care about what kids ate or, you know, like you know, <laughs> we're a little bit before the organic movement. So it's like everything was real wild stuff. It was the late yes, 90s. Everything, everything was, was extreme. extreme. <laughs> everything was extreme. You know, easy squeeze. It didn't stop at green. There was purple. There was teal. There was pink. Pink ketchup. There was mystery <laughs> color ketchup. Would you even know what color was going to be? <laughs> Easy squeeze. Of course, you can't find them in the stores because they discontinued it in 2006. Like I said, uh, people cared about their health more. Parents were more <laughs> conscious about food. But but when it launched in the year 2000, it was a big deal. And Heinz sold more than 25 million bottles. Just to put things in perspective, what they expected to sell in a year, like a year's worth, they sold in the first 90 days. Wow. Wow. So they hit their annual quota in the first 90 days, first quarter, <laughs> I guess. Kids are meant to doodle on their burgers, you know, okay, draw okay, on like different right. colors. And the green was a big hit because it was related to the promotion of the first Shrek film. Ah, uh, of course. The first Shrek film. And let me tell you. Shrek had an incredible co-branded history of Shrek version foods I, I i really even to this day 20 something years later i it's hard to to really remember movies that had that much marketing yes tied to them so i mean just I, i'm like wow frozen's big but i was like <laughs> i don't see frozen elsa anna foods you know like some maybe like a fruit roll-up that had like snowflake shapes but like shrek a because it's green and B, Shrek is like a chubby monster. <laughs> Those two things completely lend itself perfectly to co-branded Shrek foods. Quick list. Let's just run through some of <laughs> the magic, the marketing syner synergy uh, that happened uh, for the first couple of Shrek movies. Shrek pop secret popcorn. Guess what? The popcorn's green. <laughs> right it's like, like bright green popcorn kids love that uh shrek gushers so you know your little uh the fruit jelly snacks with like the, the quote juice it's not real juice uh, obviously <laughs> the, that the slime is green shrek toaster strudels it was cherry flavored but had green icing on it shrek m&ms shades of green and also quote ogre size so they're like m&ms but just a little <laughs> bit bigger shrek twinkie which is the, the cream is green. 
Shrek circus peanuts. They call Shrek marshmallows, but it was made by the people who made circus peanuts, who just put it in green and put it in a different mold, and now we have, like... They've just got a big dial, like, it's just, like, St. Patrick's Day. I just said it to Shrek. <laughs> just put just Shrek over those labels. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, 75 co-branded junk food items with Shrek. And by the third movie, there was kind of, you know, groups caught on and there was kind of a a backlash. Like advocacy groups, parent groups were kind of like, man, all Shrek does is promote junk food. (laughs) Advocacy groups wanted the Department of Health and Human Services to get rid of Shrek branded green foods. It's too much, guys. Too much. (laughs) We need to cut down. Tremarks, however has a, a long contract with the establishment known as McDonald's. Mm. So so by the time the third movie hit, the, the McDonald's Happy Meal and tie-in, they're like, okay, let's do something different. We'll use Shrek to feature the healthier items at McDonald's. And that's what they did. They had Shrek do apple slices. You know, they, you know, the apple slices come in the pouch and they have like Shrek's picture on it. And Shrek is encouraging people to drink milk. Um, the Happy Meals, this is like when they have like the white chicken breast nuggets. Mm. And so they really made kind of an effort to try to use Shrek in a healthier way through their McDonald's partnership. <laughs> they're, they're like, there are some foods that are naturally green. It's amazing. We just found <laughs> out. We just, we just discovered that salad is green and apples <laughs> yeah. are green. This is incredible. Yeah. Oh man. And, and you know, they did some hokey things like, Oh, if you go on McDonald's website, Shrek will do some exercises and games for the oh. kids to do. <laughs> You know where kids are going for their exercise videos? Yes. McDonald's McDonald's website. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And the crazy thing is the sales were up. Like (laughs) it worked. It really worked. This is not just in the U.S. Across the globe. Yeah. McDonald's actually benefited from this healthy, healthy Shrek angle, which is, which is kind of crazy. I mean, it just goes (laughs) to show what a promotional machine Shrek is. Yeah. He he has both ends of the spectrum. He's got healthy apple slices and he's got, uh, <laughs> and I'm going to close this out with probably my favorite Shrek branded item, which is uh, Shrek Kids Cuisine. Kids <laughs> Cuisine. Everything is the same as a normal kids cuisine, except for two things. The tray is green. So it has a different color tray. It still has chicken nuggets and it has like corn or whatever. And the dessert is different. In the Shrek Kids Cuisine dessert, um, they have something called swamp pudding. Usually it's like a brownie. Swamp pudding, when you eat it, will make your tongue green. (laughs) So yes, the power of Shrek. Oh man. Shrek is life. I thought I knew, but I did not know. I did not know the extent. I I just don't think there's anything in our in our childhood that is that that pervasive. Just so simple, right? Just conceptually, just what can we make green that is not already green? And boom, Shrek, you got it. Yeah, Shrek. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here DreamWorks pay us, yeah. All right. Well, that is our show. Thank you guys for joining me and thank you guys listeners for listening in. Hope you learned stuff about Kermit duets, green flags, plants that smell like other things. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on all podcast apps. 
and on our website, goodjobbrain.com. This podcast is part of Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to other shows like Tumble, the science podcast for kids, all creatures, and history tea time. And we'll see you guys next week. Goodbye. Bye.